0: What's up, Ambrosia fans? This is the Cover Band Competential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to find some to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. I know what I'm doing. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. So the fruit salad or the nectar of the gods? No, the band Ambrosia. Oh. I have been like completely obsessed with the song Biggest Part of Me. Um I just that song has been stuck in my head for the past, I don't know, probably a week or so. Um, I blame Yacht Rock Review because they just released a live album of a uh, performance they did in Boston, and um, it's on the track list. Hmm. And I have been wearing it out. Um, you know, I, I harp on those guys a lot. But w- if you're if you're thinking of, you know, where you can go in the cover band industry, like they're a, uh, a glowing example of, you know, where you can go. I saw recently they're coming here.
1: Yeah, um, I don't remember any details, but boy, I sure saw their name. and I was like, I know a guy who knows them. <laughs> uh,
0: if you have the uh, if you have the means, you should definitely check it out. I should. It is a uh, it is a spectacle to be observed. They posted some picture uh, this week on Instagram. They um, they played Pat Monahan from Train, the lead singer from Train, the, mm-hmm. the Drops of Jupiter guy. Mm-hmm. They played his birthday party. And like all these like dudes were there and one of them – there was a picture of them hanging out with Sammy Hagar. Wow. He was just there in Napa to go to Pat's birthday party.
1: I guess when you lead singer of
0: Train. You are friends with Sammy Hagar. and probably get free tequila.
1: So here's um, – some of you listeners may have just heard a, a a thing behind me here. My wife is sitting on the couch in the room where I'm recording and her disgust for Train just came – Audibly out of her mouth. As so, she, uh-
0: <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Train, but I will say this: for a period of time, um, as Drop's Jupiter was blowing up, they hired a bass player named Johnny Colt. And Johnny Colt's an old school Atlanta guy. He was the original bass player for the Black Crows, huh. and um, and and kind of has. Has done some really cool stuff in the in the Atlanta area, so he's got a really good reputation. And uh, during that season, he was their bass player. Um, and he left Train to play. I mean, it's, this is the only logical next step for the bass player for Train. Um, he went to go play bass for Leonard Skinnerd and I play mean, with
1: What them. else you gonna do? Frankly, it's all downhill after Train. So
0: pretty much. I mean, you know, it was kind of. I feel like that might have been a dip. That was probably like his best payday for. a a, a number of years, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, played with um, played with Skinner up until right around when they decided to quote unquote retire. So that's great. And he um, he's co owner of a uh, a production company in town that provides most of the um, you know big PA's and rental equipment and stuff for big events out here. So. There you go. Shout out to Johnny Cole. Well, so you, you,
1: not to change the subject with yeah. the train, you have returned from Mouseylvania. From yes, Mouse Hatton.
0: Yes, um, part of our um, our Christmas gift this year that m- my dad basically bought a trip for me and uh, like our entire family, including you know grown children, spouses, and grandkids, uh, to go to Disney World, and we did that all as one unit. I love um, it which was its own set of challenges but um it was one of those kind of once in a lifetime things and you really can't discount that and as much of a headache as some of the things were and just dealing with um you know young kids at a park like that uh it was it was very special it was a good it was a good time yeah
1: yeah yeah even for as hard as it is it's uh they do good work there they really do yeah
0: my my experience was like Every time that technology could like come through and like provide a wow factor, it just didn't happen. Oh, and I was joking with uh with my wife because they were having issues with like the app and a couple of other things like they must be migrating to like new um like new equipment you know they're they're doing some sort of like rolling update and it's just knocking things like little menial things offline
1: You're going to the cloud like all the rest of us,
0: yeah. But it, yeah, it, it's like they were they were migrating to a new system or pr- doing like a network update or something, and it was just breaking things left and right. Hmm. But I did uh, get to see Rick Springfield twice. You posted pictures about twice. I only saw it once. That's uh... yeah. I didn't take pictures the second time because I had already like you know been there. Yeah, yeah. Was he as good the second time? Well, yeah, of course he was. Um, the way that he they do – He does that show six nights a week. So
1: yes, yes. His second time you saw him was fantastic well, just like the first time I'm the sure. The
0: situation is a little weird. Um, so they're doing like this the, – the Garden Festival and part of that is they have a series called Garden Rocks. Get it? Like Rock Garden. Yeah. Um, and the lineup is actually pretty solid. It's like Steve O'Gara uh, mm-hmm. who was a singer for Journey for a number of years uh, – Ambrosia, actually, of all things. Mm-hmm. Berlin, um, Rick Springfield and then Christopher Cross played right after that. And they basically you get like a two day run and you do like three shows a day, you know, for those two days. Wow. But like, you know, Rick Springfield was like, I know some of you have come from more than one set, and everybody starts screaming. <laughs> it's like so well let's do a song we haven't done before, so he was at least cognizant that people would come see the show more than once and like didn't That's make good. every show identical. That's good. His band was slamming. They, uh, they were really, they were really good. Do you think they were, um, you figure they came with him? I mean, you had,
1: you'd have no way to know, but were they Disney players? You think? No, or? no, that was most definitely his band.
0: His band. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, not to knock Disney players. They know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there, you know, everybody was, it was very clear that they had played together a lot. Um, The show was really tight. I think they had been on the road for a period. This was just kind of a a slight layover. But, uh, man, Rick Springfield looks great, sounds great, played great. Everything was fantastic. He has held up much better than a lot of his contemporaries. That's good. So, yeah. um, The other thing that I just wanted to kind of shout out before we dig into anything um, is I've been – low-key obsessed with a um a youtube talk show called two minutes to late night which is a kind of a play on words of the um the iron maiden song it is a heavy metal talk show <laughs> and um the house band is a group out of new york called mutoid man and if you're a metal head like me you would know that mutoid man is kind of like a mix up of uh the guys from con not converge but um well actually yeah it was converge for a cer- certain period but um so Muto Man's kind of like a sludge metal band. They just got off the road with Mastodon, and their last episode of the season, they <laughs> they covered "The Boys Are Back in Town" by yeah. Thin Lizzy, yeah. with uh, Ben Wyman, who's the guitar player for the Dillinger Escape Plan. So it was, uh, it was a very interesting take on uh, on that, and that's kind of the way that they did every show is that they end with you know these metal musicians doing like a cover of a pretty big pop song, like they did one with uh, the the guitar player from Baroness playing Purple Rain, hmm. and then another episode with the other guitar player <laughs> from Baroness. They did Hot for Teacher because she's a total shredder. But uh, yeah, they, they just ended their season, and uh, the uh, that episode aired this week. And um, it's a really funny show. If you are remotely interested in heavy metal, it's a uh, it's a funny show. You should check it out. That's cool. Two minutes to late night. Two minutes to late night. So. Um, We had a couple of things we wanted to to dig into. Uh, I will go ahead and defer to Dan as uh, I've been on vacay mode. Well, um, I just had one kind of um,
1: um, thing that kept coming up while you were away, and I just wanted to to, um, chat about it. So, you know, on Saturday, we played our first show at a bar in town here called Pig Pounder Brewery. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it is a great name. And they started out. So there's this dude who owns a lot of stuff in town and – including a couple of restaurants. Mm -hmm. He essentially decided he wanted a brewery to supply his own beer to these places and so he started one. And it – the beer they made at first was really not great. I mean really not great. Um, But they've stepped up their game since then and they have – They've always had this sort of tap room, tasting room kind of space. Yeah. But they opened what they call a pavilion in what used to be warehousing kind of space next door to it. And yep. it's really funky. They've got murals up all over the walls and ping pong tables and a bar that um, – ha- the storage space behind it is a, a shipping container that is like – part of it is opened up for seating and part of it is storage. And um, and then a whole open um, outdoor patio kind of area behind it. Nice. and. Justin and I walked in there, had to be a year and a half ago, and we're told the manager's name and an email address, and I've actually got her card here on my desk, and I emailed her. It was one of those like low percentage deals, just send a Hail Mary email off to this person, and, uh, and never heard back, and then dropped in again maybe eight or nine months later. She was not in again, and got her card again, and sent another email, and never heard back. And um, then about three months ago, we thought we were just in the neighborhood. We were just going hunting, doing our usual Saturday afternoon thing, and we dropped in and said, "Hey, is Cassie around?" And the guy at the tap room said, "Oh yeah, yeah, she's at the Pavilion. She's bartending at the Pavilion." I was like, "Ooh, I get to lay eyes on this person for the first time. You know, like <laughs> she exists." And uh, so we went in there and, and met her and gave her a bunch of materials and chatted with her and we're, you know, our charming selves and whatnot. And she did not book anything with us then. You know, she's real interested. She was working out um, ASCAP and BMI and couldn't, wanted to do music but couldn't yet and all of that, you know, which was essentially what we'd been told all along. Sure. The licensing was. They were on that cusp of getting that worked out. Um, and then about a month after that visit, she called me to say we're starting music. We finally have all the stuff we want to put you guys on, um, and what we booked with them was essentially the first Saturday of the month for this for the rest of the year. Yeah, and um, we well we went through August to start with to sort of try it out. So on Saturday we played our first one of those and tore the place down and nice. had just a total blast. It was so much fun and. Um, the regulars there were way into it, and Cassie had a great time and by the end of the night she was done with her shift behind the bar and was drinking and so she was you know exuberant about how much she loved us and she now wants to just go ahead and lock in dates for the rest of the year and um, so that was one whole thing right so put a pin in that now concurrently here's the second second story that really feeds to the same place uh, early on in the clanky Lincolns, maybe our Fourth gig, um, we did a show for the junior league of Greensboro. And it was a benefit show. We did it for no money because a donation. And we got, you know, listed as a vendor, as a sponsor, whatever. Um, the idea being we'd be in front of a bunch of sort of rich women who would then want to hire us. And um, Shout out to rich women. Yeah. Well, and listen, I'll tell you this. Um, I talked a couple episodes about Go about how um, respectful and tidy. Uh, frat party behavior is, mm-hmm. junior league party behavior is the opposite.
0: Yeah, I do recall that, uh, that story. Oh along. my
1: god. Drunk white ladies. It was amazing. I got my ass grabbed more times. Anyway, the point Hey-o. is
0: eh, it, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in, since the last time we talked, I've had two se- – so in the last week and a half, I've had two separate people who were at that party or heard about that party – Reach out to book us. Nice. And um, uh, one of them, we were already booked for their date and the other one, we're working on details. But um, the upshot is, you know, I often advocate here on the podcast going in on a Saturday afternoon and talking with managers and, you know, if you can leave Gig hunting as you say. Gig hunting. If you can leave gig hunting with a date, that's awesome. Um, But do remember that you are playing a long game. Yes. And leaving without one on the books is not a reason to hang your head. I've had um, now quite a lot of results come out of Saturday afternoons with Justin that we would have said produced nothing. Um, even, you know, that that uh, benefit gig that I hoped would turn into some stuff that we left there having given out some cards but, like, not really even chatted with anybody about anything serious. Um, and... Uh, and now we have some gigs out of it you know we, we did a show um, private party maybe three four months ago that was before the just before the first of the year and um, it was an oyster roast and standing there at a table was this young couple who um, I chatted with at the break a little bit uh, and then they reached out to me in February ish and want me to want us to play their wedding So the point is that you know um, sales can seem like a very literal sort of one in one out operation. That if you don't get your one back out, it's a bummer. Yeah, but it's much more about networking and a web of relationships. And um, I just encourage everyone to sort of look at it from the perspective of the long game, Um, because in the long game, if you keep pushing at it. You know, you'll become prominent, you'll become known and and then all of that effort will start coming back to you. That's that's totally what my experience has been in the last couple of months.
0: Yeah. You know, anytime we've had a situation where it's like, all right, we can take this gig and it's for less money than we normally get, but yada, yada, yada. Those have almost always paid back dividends much more than the money we quote unquote lost by, you know, playing for less money. Yep. Cause they, they usually spun off, you know, at least a gig and maybe two or three. So,
1: right. Right.
0: So yeah, that's a, that's a great reminder. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is not a sprint and it's, it's hard for us to, to sometimes be in that headspace. You know, we, it's, it's, it's either feast or famine. You know, we, we overextend <laughs> ourselves yeah, and, yeah. you know, we're kind of in the middle of it. And other times where, you know, we can't get stuff locked down, um, So, you know, that is kind of an an encouragement. And there's never going to be, like, this is not one of those businesses that. Uh, has any sort of regularity to it? It it does well, ebb and flow. It's kind of the nature of the uh, of the industry.
1: So, well, weddings are seasonal. Yep. Holiday parties, you know, company events, are revolve around holidays. A corporate lot. budgets are seasonal. <laughs> so totally, totally, yeah. it's a very seasonal business. And, um,
0: that's one thing that we think, but it is. That's one thing that we found is that a you know we we had, we hosted the Super Bowl this year in Atlanta. Um, we have found that our corporate inquiries have gone down significantly because most of them blew their budgets. Huh. On the Super Bowl party, uh, so yeah, well, and then on the upside, we're doing things you know a lot more municipal events, which you know opens you up to a different market. But it is you know it's a it's a different network of people that you kind of work with. So
1: yeah, and talk about not getting paid on the day for that one. Sure, you know we we um it got rained out, but we got a last minute booking for a Friday night in the park thing um, that was. You know, same kind of thing it was gonna be many hundreds of people and uh, many dozens of dollars yeah
0: but so, you know you, you uh you spread you kind of spread your reach there totally no it would absolutely would have been worth it absolutely because it at that point you basically you sold them a bill of goods you're like oh man these are these guys are really good or they're really fun and um, you know, then then you have the leverage because they've seen the product, they want the product, and then yep. it's it's your game to price the product. That's right. So
1: that's right.
0: You, that's right. That's that, right. I also had um, just one
1: just one last yeah thing go ahead um, friend of mine who is graduating from uh, law school in a month reached out and asked if we would play her graduation party nice and um, with a, my prior band I have played parties at her house for free twice now. And so she came to me and said, and don't make me any deals on price. you played free at my house enough. <laughs> I was like, well, all right. <laughs> I said, you hey, know, man, our, take our, her at her word. Our, I said, look, our, full, our, full, our uh, full price is this. She said, great. I was like, cool. Done. So, yeah. They, no negotiation, no nothing. I love it. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, once you've kind of built the trust into that relationship, you know, those, those conversations go a lot easier, yeah. but I, I still have that. I still have those moments where, you know, I have to sit with our admin and, you know, either he's talking me, he's, he's either talking me up or I'm talking him down, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, Hey, this is a strategic move. We should do this. You know, um, we just had a, we, we had a really busy front half and then we've had basically this entire month off. Uh, it's been weird, uh, and <laughs> you can hear it in the uh, the interband communications that are happening' It's like the uh, the 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 desire to get it back out there and do stuff you know makes people a bit antsy yeah and you can kind of tell in the tone of uh, the communication, but in the meantime, um, you know I kind of pulled the cork off of my uh, my gigging season all in one weekend um, so save an acoustic date that I picked up this uh, this coming Saturday. My first real week back is um, the end of April. I'm playing three gigs in three days with three different bands. Nice. And then um, I may be picking up some sub work with a fourth group uh, in June. So there's <laughs> – I may be overextending myself. I, I, I'm i not sure. But it, it's looking like I've got something going on at least every weekend in one band or another. Fun. And th- those are mostly guitar playing gigs, uh, which is, uh, you know, a different set of muscles for sure. Um, and then just trying to get my gear kind of shored up for uh, for gigs like that, making sure I've got the right stiff. But my first one is a ladies' night at the Atlanta Braves. Um, wow. Which could be interesting. Could my be. First- at, the, at the ballpark? Um, well, so th- – the Atlanta ballpark is in something they they basically created um the the brand new SunTrust Park which is 3 years old maybe. Um they basically built a little city around it called the ba- and they call it the Battery. So it's full of shops and restaurants and things like that. So it is at an adjacent venue directly across the street from the like and when I say across the street like it's not like a real street it's you know it's basically just a, a road um, called the Roxy theater, which is one of the brand new kind of premier mid tier um, venues in town. So I'm very excited to get to do nice. this. That. That's great. Yep. So yeah, I've, I've got my first person with them on Wednesday, which would, uh, as of the taping of this episode is tomorrow. Um, and I think I'm good. You know, the, the gig is still three, three weeks away. And I have shedded every song but like four or five. So I feel like I can at least get into the rehearsal situation and make my way through. So. Excellent. But yeah, there's a bit of anxiety there. I want to make a good first impression and make sure. sure that I'm, you know, somebody recommended me. I want to I make sure I live up to, yeah, uh,
1: absolutely.
0: Live up to the hype.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. So um, that was a fantastic story. Thank you for sharing. Hey, no problem. That's kind of what we are here for. And uh, if you are a new listener who has uh, kind of wandered into this uh, kind of in the weird whatever situation is going on at CBC. I um, think we best not comment on that. I got nothing to say and uh, I I went over to visit and it's still kind of – the things that were problematic before were still problematic. Um, But I would suggest that uh, you stop this episode and go back to the very beginning and kind of work your way back up. I
1: apologize in advance for the audio early on.
0: Yeah, the audio is never good. Well, sometimes it's sometimes good, but not it's early okay. On. Not
1: early. It's on. never our great. First, our first few episodes were not great.
0: Yeah, uh, they were
1: pretty good content. We might, you know, what we should do is transcribe them and redo them.
0: I say we transcribe them and then just do um, like robot voices. Ah, oh, I love it. Like those, um, I think what is that in Taiwan where they do like the CG reenactments? Totally. Banding
1: is the story that your band tells the marketplace.
0: Yeah, that's that would totally be worth <laughs> our time and effort. I love it. Yeah. I could probably automate that. Oh, for sure. You you would you know, you basically would just anyway, none of this matters. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to tell you the whole workflow on how to do that. <laughs> that's what I do on a day to day basis is Text to speech, speech to text, no problem. Yeah. I've got an an automation already built in. Um, Basically, that's how I I do cues for the band. Um, When when we do tracks, I created an automator script that uh, converts um, whatever you put in the clipboard to to speech and makes a file on the desktop. So if I want to say bridge or back to beginning or whatever, I can just crank those out really easily without making any
1: noise. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, just as a, as an aside, yeah, um, we played our first song with a track in a performance Saturday. environment. In a performance environment, yes, uh, it was Brick House. Nice, and um, it was going really great in the in ears, and then, but then I was curious about how it sounded in the house, and um, for some reason the track was not playing, was not cutting the mix at least in the house, and I got gotcha. not get to the bottom of that. So it was disappointing in terms of what we put out, but it sounded great in the in ears. Oh, fantastic!
0: You know, I mean, a good inner mix covers up so many sins. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times we have had really good mixes in our ears and completely been unaware of the nightmare that's happening via front of house. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been practicing silent mostly, mm-hmm. which
1: has left us with not a really good sort of locked in front of house mix. Sure. So we need to practice through the mains a little bit and get that dialed in and then, yeah. I, can, and then I can just stop doing that and leave it. But solid.
0: Yeah. Speaking of mains, I still need to I need to suck it up and buy a um, a set of j- just a PA situation for uh, for the, for these solo acoustic gigs. Mm. I um, you know our, our PA is stored off site, and I just need like a single just powered speaker that I can you know go to play restaurants and bars and stuff in. But I just paid that. I just paid the PA off, and yeah. You know, you know,
1: I'm seeing people use the little brother of my my system, the mm-hmm. um, Turbosound IP300. Yep, which does not have a sub. You wouldn't need one. Yeah, um, it just goes on a stick and um, and sounds quite nice. It was like six hundred, seven hundred, something like that. No, I think it's cheaper than that. I think it's in the in the four hundred range. Hmm.
0: I will have to do further research. I think. That being yeah. said, I mean, I, I've got a show on Saturday, and I'm I'm still not sure what I'm doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh well. The, uh, the joys of, you know, being a freelance musician, having all of your gear situated. yeah So I want to talk about something, um, just an observation, you know, we, uh, I did go to Disney and um, as far as that environment goes, between all of those parks, there was a very large performing arts um, population in that area mm-hmm. and in the four or five days I was in the park, I saw no less than probably eight or nine different musical acts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, we have a certain perspective on what our, what our time is worth and what our effort is worth and what we will do and what we won't do. Um, And it was a nice reminder to go into a situation where the musician's task was to commit to, the material, regardless of their, I don't know, personal scruples or whatever. <laughs> the, the the one that really stuck with me is the second night we were there. We went to uh, we went to Epcot uh, and went to Germany and had dinner at Beer Garden. Nice. Which, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it is in the um, the Germany section of their kind of World Park, and it is a themed buffet with authentic. You know, German music, basically. And, you know, based on the time that we got there and how long we stayed and that kind of thing, I actually ended up sitting through two separate sets of their German group. So, you know, we think that playing Mustang Sally is a pain in the butt. or oh you know, we're not going to play this or whatever. These guys are doing on average eight shows a day. Yeah. And they're playing the chicken dance in Edelweiss yeah. eight times a day, yeah. every day. Yeah, beer, bell, polka. On, you know, just on, on constant loop. Yep. And it just, it was a good perspective shift for me because, you know, we complain. I mean, uh, this entire, the premise of this podcast is like an opportunity to complain. Yeah. <laughs> But there, here are these guys uh, that are are making a literal living wage. Yeah, playing music. Yeah, and they're working literally, maybe three hours a day, doing these things. And you know, they are that is considered a successful music career. Yeah.
1: Well, and you never see the slightest crack in their stage persona.
0: It, it's funny you mention that. Um, the the you know, part of that whole thing is that, you know, these guys are, are from Germany and they're doing these songs um, and they're in hosen, Like it's a full on, mm-hmm. you know, spectacle. And it would be so easy to, for a, a gig like that to go into autopilot. But, mm-hmm. you know, seeing it multiple times, I saw the little moments that they took where you know they they found a challenge in the performance something that they could do something that they could measure you know performance over performance on quantitatively what they what they accomplished and the other thing that um that was really nice was that i was trying my i wasn't really trying my best to encourage them i was just i was in a good mood i was just eating you know schnitzel and you know I did just you wrong. Full of sausage and and becks, and I was just in a good mood, so I was you know I was participating and and went out and danced with my uh, my four year old and just kind of like uh, it was it was just nice to be just a patron and and give energy back to you know, to some performers. yeah. Uh, we as working musicians, I don't think we're good at doing that all the time. I know no. I'm, I'm definitely not. No, no, it's really hard to not listen through professional ears, isn't it? And and it, I was able to listen through professional ears and that's why I was able to pick up on certain things. Like there was a, a, a part where uh, the percussionist got up and did like a, um, like a wooden mallet song. And on the second time, he kind of looked out. I mean, it's, it was basically like a crowd of like kids and he goes i only missed one note and he just said it to himself but that was that was his moment to be like you know you know other than that he was behind the kit going but 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 so yeah. this 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 performance was his you know time to really you know flex his technical muscles so it was just it was it was it was interesting and then you know they did the the old man show ziggy zag ziggy Zoey. sure and i was with a group of 15 people because my entire family was there and so we got into this whole competition and you know got called out by the band because we were the loudest most obnoxious people <laughs> in the germany pavilion which well i that's, that's that's an a, achievement unlocked yeah, as far as i'm congratulations concerned. yeah it's very good in the in the crowd where literally your job is to eat sausage and drink beer you are the loudest <laughs> that's it it was uh it was yeah, definitely made my night. Yeah, score. Um, the other one, the other group that I wanted to talk. So I, I don't know. I, I really wish I could have talked to those guys because I, I thought they did a really good job, and and they were doing what could very easily be considered a thankless job, and um, they just did it with um, with precision and uh, and and an energy that I found really really admirable. So, if any of you guys are listening, I'd love to to talk to any one of you. So. Uh, any of you, anybody who knows anybody who plays music at Disney, uh, send send them a link. Uh, I'd love to um, get their perspective on this kind of stuff because you know as much as we put up with from patrons and stuff like we're those guys are on a totally different level.
1: You know what? And I would include um, Universal and um, I actually y- your story reminded me of a lunch I had in the Germany Pavilion at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Yeah. Where there was a similar, it was a, you know, it was a band that umphed their way in with horns and clarinets and flutes, and a guy with a it's a little bit of a drum line. It's a guy with the bass, the guy with the snare, and then they sat in a thing and it lifted them up uh, thirty feet up in the air over the sort of central stage, and there, there were like dancers that came in and sort wow. of led the engagement with the audience. It was a similar sort of things, a very well designed. Performance that was done many times a day, and um, I don't think these were actual Germans. I think they were, you know, pretending. But um, but it was the same kind of thing. You know, there was like not a hint of, oh my God, this is my eighth time doing this today. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it was it was was a a level of professionalism in their performance that was really striking. This is just you know exactly the same principle.
0: Yeah, you know, for for us to look at the role that we play in in our bands as as being a, a piece of theater is i don't think is a bad mindset to be in yeah um it, i think it kind of resets expectations on what your job is to do and it's to sell a character whether that is a, just a, a heightened version of you or you know somebody completely different you know that's that's kind of your call but it it, it is it is a good reminder at times to be like you know just be grateful because you could be wearing lederhosen. And that's not a diss to those guys. Like I said, I've got nothing but respect for those dudes. That's right. You could be wearing lederhosen. And, um,
1: and you know, unless your stage persona and brand is about being over it, don't be over
0: it. Yeah. Which is, is easy to do, to be over it. Yeah. Just don't be. Don't be, unless that's your brand.
1: In which sure. case,
0: do be over it. Um. Another group I wanted to shout out is, uh, is the British Revolution who plays – who also plays in the International Showcase at, uh, at Epcot. Uh, I have seen them a, a handful of times at this point and it's a great shtick. They basically do just like a 30-minute set in the UK Pavilion where they do all British tunes from like hmm. the 50s until now. Cool. And um, full disclosure, I, I, I'm still in the process of trying to build a band that does that. Because I think it's such a great concept because the the um, just the source material that you can use is so wide and yet so iconic I think it would be an easy sell so
1: it would so be like wait, wait so British invasion stuff for sure
0: right so you're thinking of like you know the Beatles and the Rolling Stones right, and the zombies right. and that kind of thing but then you keep going so think Oasis. about the 70s so like bad company and Pink Floyd and okay, move into yeah. the 80s you've got you know, uh, Culture Club and Duran Duran and Def Leppard, and you know, and then into the nineties, Oasis, and mm-hmm. you know, and into the you know modern stuff. You could do Adele, you could do Muse, you could do. There's so many things that it's you good. can. It's such a. Yeah, it's good. It's such a wide and yet such a specific aesthetic to their to the genre. I mean, any band that you can play Queen in, yeah, is a win. Yeah, a hundred percent. Totally. So as, long as as long as you can, yeah, so it, it's uh, I don't I think I may have seen there may have been one or two um, kind of carryovers from show to show um, but I mean their general gist is that they you know they've got a series of guys that they rotate out and they they do private events and they do other stuff as well, but um, they're you know as far as not being over it their shtick is very specific. You know, the show's really tight, but then when they go, they they're they're one of those bands that come out into the crowd when the show's over and they pose mm-hmm. for pictures and they do mm-hmm. this whole thing. And even when I was like, hey, can I get a picture of you guys? I run a podcast for cover bands. They went into their like you know kind of boilerplate rock star pose. And then they did Cheese, and then the other guy stacked cheese, and then they they said cheese (laughs) in four-part harmony. Even though they knew that I was a person that like knew what they were doing. Yeah. So that level of commitment is is admirable and, again, it's such a killer concept and they, they executed really well. That's good. So I mean if you if you think you've got the chops and you really want to put your 10,000 hours in, move your rear end down to Orlando and you know, see if you can actually hang with with those guys.
1: Well, I will tell you um I I don't know, I assume it's true about that. I know that in other aspects of Disney cast it mm-hmm. it is brutally competitive. Oh, for sure. So, you know, have the chops first. <laughs> the addition process is not simple.
0: Yeah, it's it's got to be just a complete complete slog. And and I know for at least the those guys in the pavilion, I don't think they don't directly work for Disney. That's kind of a contract situation. But then you have guys like you know the people the beer gun guys work for Disney. Like they have right. got the name tags and everything. Yes, so, yes. Uh, it's a it's kind of depending. I mean, it's just like any other situation. The um, your status as a, as a contractor kind of you know varies. Uh, from vendor to vendor and that kind of thing. So there are, you know, direct employees and then third parties that, you know, sub that stuff out. Yeah. Cool beans. I
1: have one last thing to share. Do it. At the trivia last week. So yes. For any of our new listeners. Which is going fantastic as far as I can tell. It is going fantastic. Um, I have some. Um, Let's talk about a little on the next episode. Uh-huh. Some some interesting things happened business wise there that that I'm I'm interested to talk about. Hmm. But um, I want to share that in the last uh, time around of it, and for our new listeners, I host this live music trivia pub trivia thing. That's live music and pub trivia all mashed up together. It's fun. Um, and the theme for the last one was bring the cheese. <laughs> so it was like all of those great big stadium crooners and sappy old love songs. The the you know for the Facebook event I wrote like. Roll up your windows and sing uh, like you're in private. It's time for the you know it's like this all those songs that you pretend to hate but really love. And the highlight of the night, I did Kenny G's Songbird on kazoo, <laughs> and brought the place down. And it was it was amazing. It was it was uh, I gotta say one of the best performance moments of my of my life. Maybe is pulling out that kazoo and doing doing Kenny
0: G on it. There was something about, like, performing kazoos in a very musical way that is simultaneously, like, funny and kind of impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I always loved the kazoo solo in um, Smells Like Nirvana, the Weird Al song. <laughs> yes. yes. I just thought that, like, it just kind of came out of left field, but it was, like, totally perfect for that so moment. Right. It was so right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was how it was
0: but you know in that terrible kazoo noise
1: wait hang on i got it wait hang no don't no. no, no, we're not it. a prop we're not we oh, are on, we're right, not go. a
0: prop podcast <laughs> <laughs> wait what's wrong with my kazoo <laughs> no nope, it's not doing it i i made that happen <laughs> oh. i made that happen with my mind i was like you will wait, not wait, do there. kazoos in my in our in this podcast i forbid it it's
1: not kazooing
0: I remember in, I, like, I bought
1: a twelve pack of kazoo's. Shut up! I did. They're all different colors, <laughs> so I'm pulling got another one.
0: Another one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not quite it's as sorry. sexy that it's way. Not
1: really. It's not. Have you seen the video for that song? By the way,
0: no. But there, when I was in middle school. Uh, it was around the time when that came out, and uh, I believe his name was David Bachero, who was like a seventh grader, played that in the uh, middle school band concert. And it, even then, I was kind of like, this is different than what we were doing. It had like feeling and emotion to it, and somehow this 12-year-old kid had unlocked the saxophone at that age.
1: Wow. Well, better than Kenny G did because in the video – you know, this song sounds like porn. It straight up sounds like oh, porn. Oh, for sure. In the video, he's like cheerful and happy and he's going around a park playing saxophone to people.
0: That's not what people were doing to that saxophone song. Wearing acid wash jeans in full daylight. Mu- no, nope. no, they were not. Well, Kenny G was. Kenny G was but like anybody listening to that song when that song came out, there might have been acid wash jeans but they were not. They were on the floor. They were on the floor. Yeah. Full disclosure. Literally, yes. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. It is. It is good to have you back. Yeah. So, um, in the uh, in the prep for uh, you know these gigs that we've got coming up, I've got uh, we got a we got a deposit for uh, for a gig that's a little further down the road, and I paid my admin fee, and I'm taking some of that earnings and then kind of piling them up to to make some capital purchases. Um, I bought some uh, kazoos. No, I did not oh. buy. Cause I bought some business cards for the nice. agency. Nice. Um, there's a uh, there's an there's a wedding alliance uh, in Ooh. the city that I live in. That is, um, they have a meeting coming up at the end of the month, and uh, I w- I'm just going to go and kind of sell the product that we have for weddings to a bunch yes. of wedding planners and hope that that drums up some business. Yeah, that's great. And then I'm looking into uh, a retractable sign, uh, more of like the promo ones, not the uh, the decorative ones that I'd, I want to get eventually, but ones that have like our social medium on them that we can put them up just to promote when we uh, do shows. So um, I had reached out to Dan earlier today about, hey, what are the dimensions of this? And he's like, go. <laughs> Got me. Go pound sand. <laughs> go ask the vendor. I don't. It's been what 18 months. Yeah. I've been doing some mock-ups just for what we're trying to, uh, what, what we're trying to, to do. And I'm aiming to get it done by the I'm hoping, uh, before this gig at the end of the month and then start using them for kind of our summer season. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, bought a new guitar strap and still really, really joins in for one of those HX stomps. I hear ya. It's uh, it's problematic.
1: I continue to hear you. You know what? I picked up those um, Sennheiser wireless mic things. The, oh, the little pluggies. The little pluggies, and um, I'm not sure about them. They were a little crackly at Pig Pounder, and yeah, I, I think that they are interacting badly with my guitar
0: wireless. Well, um, yeah, they're all in the same um, spectrum. Yeah, but they're supposed to hop
1: around and find a clean channel, and I don't. I'm not sure what's happening there, so I need to do a little research about that
0: yeah i mean i I need to upgrade my wireless and i'm i af- I'm afraid to honestly because um between what I've got and the what is available um it could just i feel like interference could be a fairly serious issue, and I don't really want to deal with it. There is
1: something to be said for if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: well, mine is broke, and that is part of the problem. Oh, well, then fix it right. Um, I was looking at the G10S, but um, also considering like the short GLX-D16 mm. uh, and then also the Sennheiser one um, because both of those versions are kind of a similar form factor. Yes. Uh, but they have tuners built into them.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. I will say I had the G10 in the – before S. Yeah. Model and the wireless was rock solid, and the receiver form factor was tragic. Yeah. Um, so the solution that they've put in on the G10s is, um, I think, excellent.
0: Yeah. I've, I mean, if had really a tuner awesome. on it, it would be it would be an easy sell. Gotcha. Well, uh, it's just that the the shore version, which our other guitar player has and really really likes, is like four hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Versus like two fifty or three hundred for the other one. Right. So. I may just get the uh, the HX first because I don't really like I'm, I'm not using a wireless right now, so I might as well give it a shot. Fair. And then the next thing uh, get some new pickups in the uh, in my Steinberger. It's time to uh, to upgrade that bad boy. You'll be blinded with science. Yep, and we uh, we did add that song. Um, if you need the track, I'll I'll send it your way. I do need the track. Cool. We can make that happen. If you need tracks, you can reach out to us too, uh, gmail.com uh, Support us on Patreon, even though their deposits aren't working currently. I got an email about today. Um, go to patreon.com slash confidential and help support whatever quality content this is. I don't know if it's great. <laughs> it is sometimes. At times, it can sometimes. be great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I give today's episode about a seven.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to shake the cobwebs off after being off for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well. My hope is, so what I think this, this is just the, you know, the nature. I think you were saying that you're about to kind of come off of some dates for a little bit. You got um, some quiet weeks coming up. Well, yeah, a couple, but the summer,
1: the summer's going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm we're, I'm back to back weekends most of the summer. We're going
0: to have much to talk about in the uh the coming weeks. Definitely. So uh, thank you again for your continued support or if you're brand new, thanks for tuning in. Uh, our goal is to uh, teach you some tips and tricks and help you go further faster. So thank you for your support. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 47. Have a great